And we're here. We're ready to go. Okay, and we have Rosh Chodesh laning, just in time for Rosh Chodesh, or this Rosh Chodesh wanes. So we're at the bottom of Chaf Aleph Amid Beis, 21b. No, we're not. Uh, <laughs> well, we are on the bottom of... Well, let's do that, and if we have time, we'll go further back. Okay. So, um, Where are you starting from? Ula Barav Meirav. Four lines from the bottom. So, uh, we... G- uh, on 21b, Chaf Aleph Amid Beis, the two dots, Boimine Ula Barav Meirav. Parshish Rosh Chodesh Ketzad Karanosa. So this actually, if you look at the Parsha, it becomes a little more clear what the issue is. Basically, uh, the Torah reading is a theme, and it's a, a part of the, the Parsha. Um, there's pays where one piece ends and another piece begins. And so you don't usually start something unless you finish the whole paragraph. In other words, you wouldn't begin you know, randomly, like a line here or a line into here, you try to do something that makes sense. So the question will be, how do you divide up the Rosh Chodesh Torah reading? So, How do you divide up the Aliyahs on the Rosh Chodesh Torah portion? Because we learned, uh, and the, the Torah reading, it starts, If you look at the Psukim, to have a timna. There's eight psukim and four people getting aliyahs. So, hey, how should you do well, it? Yeah, but the, it's only three of them that come into play on those eight psukim. Well, that's going to be the question. How, how do they do oh, it? Okay. okay. okay, okay. So, hey, Nikri, Trey, Tlasa. If the first two each read, um, Nikri tray, you call up two people and each one reads three because they have to read a minimum of three. Pashulu tray, you would end up leaving two at the end of that aliyah uh, in the, that section. You don't leave less than three in a parsha. So since there's eight, if the first two did the minimum, uh, which is three each, six, you'd only have two left and you don't do that. Nikri Arba, all right, so have each one read four Arba. So uh, then you're going to finish the whole first paragraph. Pashilhu Shiva, um, you're going to be left with seven psukim and Ubi Yom Shabbos have tray. And then there's a little section called Yom Shabbos, which would be, when well, Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos, which would be two more, which would be nine. Um, well, you have your original. Pashulahu Shiva. Um, if the first two read eight, so then you're going to have seven psukim left because you'll have Yom Shabbos, which is two. Rosh Kadashim have Chamisha. And the next paragraph, Rosh Kadashim, is five. So how would you divide up the two and the five amongst the next two reading? So you would have, uh, call up the last two, uh, and you'll have one. Uh, reading from the um, uh, reading from the um, Yom Shabbos, he'll read those two and one of the next section. That won't work either because Ein Meskiel Parshas. We turn to the top of today's page, Chafbeis Amid Aleph Twenty One You don't uh, if you're going to start a whole new section, you don't start one line. 
so then maybe liquid tray may high. Um, so the, maybe you'll have two read from this parsha, and then three from the the last parsha, pasule tray. Then you're leaving over tr- uh, two. So it's almost like whatever you do, you're going to go against some of the basic etiquette in the, our understanding of what to how to read a section in the Torah. So what are we going to do for the Rosh Kodesh reading? So Amale Zu Lo Shemati. You're right. I didn't actually hear what to do. But Kiyotivo Shemati. But I did hear something very similar. And this should jar our memory from Tainus. And it has to we had this in the Gemara in Tainus. One of the times when people would fast, when it was their turn to be in the cheerleading squad for the Korbanos of that week. Uh, and they had a special Torah reading, and the question was how to divide the aliyahs in the Torah reading, the Tanan. But Yom Rishon Bereshis, the first day of the week, they would read from Bereshis, and we talked about that, that the Korbanos were having to do with the existence of the world. So the week in which people would be doing Mamados, they would read about the creation, about the pur- fulfilling the purpose of the why, what is it all about? Why did Hashem make the world? So they would read about Bereshis. So Bereshis would be divided by two people. Yehiyah would be by one. I can understand the part about that going with one aliyah. That works, because that's three psukim. But how do you have two people read Bereshis? It's five. And you can't have Vatanya, Karbatorla, Yuknimishlosha Psukim. You can't have um, you can't have two people read five psukim because uh, if one reads three, the other's stuck with two, and you you're not supposed to do that. So we came up with the solution over there, if you remember. Uh, there were two ways to solve the problem. And uh, we're gonna have to use one of those ways for Rosh Kodesh. And it's a very simple uh, way to solve the problem. Just read the same Pasuk twice. <laughs> and then you solve everything. You repeat it. If you're willing to repeat a Pusik, so this way you can give the person who, you don't want to call somebody up to read from the Torah and give him short shift, short shift to, to, to let him go with only having read two psukim, that wouldn't be nice. So we just repeat a Pusik and go back. Shmuel says, you don't do that. He said, we cut a Pusik in half. We give each one two and a half and two and a half. Now, over there, this was brought down there, they fought it out a little bit. Rav, Omer, Dov, my time will lower Pusik. Rav, who says, you repeat a Pusik, why didn't he agree with the perfectly reasonable assumption that you can just cut it in half? Each one read two and a half and two and a half. That's how you divide a pie. Why can't you divide the Torah that way? If Moshe Rabbeinu didn't, didn't say half a Pusik, we don't cut a Pusik like that either. In other words, the Torah gives us a, a whole line. You can't just cut it in half. So therefore, he feels you, that's not a good solution. Shmuel says, Puskin. It's an interesting statement. Mm-hmm. Since Moshe didn't do it, but there are, a, there are, there's at least one that I'm aware of where he did kind of stop in the middle. Which one? Where, um, where Yehuda stopped uh, Steps in, uh, I think it's Yehuda. Mm-hmm. Who steps in and uh, has has his mother take uh, take uh, Yak uh, take Yaakov um, for for the night rather than mm-hmm. uh, rather 
Was it Ruvain? Is that the vibe? Yeah. So the, okay. Ruvain. I I thought you were going to ask about the kiddush, because we do we do that right here by Yvokir, uh, to get the yud k vav k. Yeah. There's a little you do it under your breath at the night at the night yeah, kiddush. Yeah, but, but that that wasn't part. You know, that's not in the, in the Torah per se, is it? The hair of Oh well, that is, but not not as part of a kiddush. Right, but how did the rabbis institute a kiddush where you're reading half the previous pasuk? Um, and during Shabbos day, Kishesh Yamim is also but, one of those. Uh, that's why some people read it quiet. I'm some people about Moshe himself. Right, right, right. I'm talking about Moshe himself stopping in the middle. Right. Oh, I see. And, I that, see. and we do have a circumstance where he did that. So that is the discussion here. Very good. So, uh, but he wants to argue that we don't. Shmuel says, Poskin away. He says, um, you are allowed to cut it in half. I What about the famous Baal Korah named Reb Chanina, who's testified the following: that uh, the great posik was called Reb Chanina Hagadol, and I went to get a heter from him to teach half a pasuk, because sometimes when you're teaching children, a whole pasuk could be too much. So I went to him, and he really didn't want to do it. He said, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't do it. Yeah, Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching adults, you know. <laughs> so, um, he gave me a special heter. So uh, only over there are you allowed to split the pastic. So he said, actually, that's my source. Why? Over there, you got to split it because... Kids can't, you can't, sometimes the Pusik is too long. You've got to end the lesson where you are. Hachanami lo Efshar. Here also, uh, it's not possible. You've got to divide the Elias. Shmuel says, Posik, my time alone, why can't you repeat it? So this is a famous problem uh, because of another famous problem. So believe it or not, they had people that came late to davening even in those uh, days, and no. you had people that, <laughs> that left early even in those days. Try modern tradition. <laughs> tradition, that's correct. So, um, that's correct. So, and those people, so the way it works is like this. If you uh, heard the first aliyah, and it's three psukim, and there's only two psukim left, so, and they got to leave then, so they're going to leave then, and they're going to say, and, uh, you know, there's going to be an irony. In 10 years, he's going to get picked as Gabai. And he's going to remember when I used to leave Shul early, they only left two psukim for one, uh, one uh, person, so you're allowed to do that. And he's not going to realize that they repeated. Actually, the only reason it got cho- chosen to be the Gabbai was to keep him there. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah, that definitely goes into that. And then the other way around, when the person comes late, so he doesn't, uh, he he's comes late, and so he's going to see... That, that, uh, that he, they start on the third. They started on the third. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to say the guy who must came before only two. did two. Yeah. And so, therefore, in order to keep these people, the early and the late people, from making mistakes, and mistakes do creep in. It's it sometimes, like, it, it's interesting how halachas, like, sometimes somebody is doing something wrong, and you try to feel, where did that come from? Or how did it start? And something like this, you know, somebody thought this, and they, right. it's just mistakes. Yes, they're cutting off the end of the, the, of the, of the roast. <laughs> right, that's right. So, uh, <laughs> we have this full-fledged argument about 
What to do? There goes my kasher. Okay. Mace Bay. The more has a question. It didn't happen when I was away over the day. <laughs> they must have known. Okay. So you took a vacation too. Yeah. Parsha Shish So if you have a Parsha of six Psukim, so that's perfect. Karnos Mishnaim. You get two people divided, each one gets three. Vishal Chamisha Psukim. Uh, and if you have five together, the Karurisha in the first one reads three. Hasheni kara shnaim You do two from that parsha, finish it, and start the next. And some people say you can't just do one in the next. Lefishen miskim parsha, but because you don't get, you don't do one pasuk of a parsha, you have to at least show respect and do three. Vimisa, and according to our solution, According to the one who you just repeat a verse, repeat a verse. According to the one you just split it, split it. So. Over there, they have this dilemma, and they just have you reading a whole bunch of extra psukim. Every now and then, you get those Torah readings where they never seem to end, right? <laughs> so why didn't they use our perfect solutions? Over there, it was possible to do it. In other words, even though we have these solutions of repeating or cutting in half, everybody agrees it's not ideal. So how do we hold in all of this? So Omar, Reb Tanko, Omar, Yeshua, Ben Leib, we hold like the Yeshomer, Reb Tanko, Yeshua, Ben Leib, Kashem, Shein, Meskim, and Parsha, just like you don't start a Parsha less than three Psukim, Kak, in Mashiach, Parsha, also you don't leave less than three Psukim at the end. So Umar, Sepshita, that's simple. Hashta, Maya, Skolta, the Kamekel, Tanakama. To start a Parsha, the Tanakama was more lenient and said you could just do one Pasuk of the next Parsha. And Machmer, Yeshomer, and the Yeshom restricted said, no, Shir, by leaving over the Machmer Tanakama, even the Tanakama said you have to leave over Shir, Lo Koshakain de Machmer, certainly um, they would be Machmer, the Yeshom. So uh, basically, we're trying to say that it shouldn't make a difference whether you're leaving over three at the end or starting a new Parsha, you should have three. Once you, once you make that argument that you have to do at least three, you should stick to it. I'll tell you why I would have thought there's a difference. And that is, um, to have people come late, unfortunately, that always happens. To have people leave early, why? This is, a, a person should know this. You should, uh, even if a person leaves early, try not to ever leave early when the Torah is open. That's like, a, it's considered like an insult to the Torah. If the Torah is actually there and being read, and a person walks out, it'd be better to leave even before the Torah reading than to leave in the middle of the Torah reading. Um, because it's just, uh, so therefore, I would have thought that nobody's going to leave in the middle of the Torah. You know what? People do it, <laughs> right? So you still have to be worried that people that do it might get the wrong message. And why is it that you wouldn't leave over? Uh, for the people that are leaving, so let's be afraid people will uh, also come late. Uh, so why doesn't he agree? Everybody, it should always go both ways. People will come late and people will leave early. He says if somebody comes late, they might ask, what's going on here? There's only two psukim left. <laughs> or what, you know, how did the guy before only read two? So if you came late, you could ask somebody why they did it. If you leave, you're never going to get that answered. So you might have thought that we don't worry about the people that come late because they have who to ask. How do we hold? He says, we do hold you allowed to repeat. That's the way the Ramam holds, and that often sometimes will repeat a verse. So now the question is, who gets to repeat? And the answer is Emsadogan. You have the guy in the middle do the repeating, the, the middle of the three. He'll, he'll, he'll get... 
So then we well, went. The lady always starts a different the third. <laughs> the lady, okay. So uh, said like a lady, okay. <laughs> so uh, so then we had an interesting rule, which is how many aliyahs do you give? So uh, we started off with the base. The, the basic is three, and we talked about that. Is that Torah? Is that Tanakh? Is the threesome Torah of Imksuvim? Is a Klal Yisrael's the threesome Kohanim Levim Yisraelim? But you always have three. And then we said, if the day has something extra, so then you add an aliyah to acknowledge that that day's got something extra. So, Iboilahu. Now the Gemara throws out a famous question. Tiny seabor bekama. If it's a fast day, how many people get called to the Torah? Rosh Chodesh Do you say on Rosh Chodesh and Cholamoid, the Korban Musaf? Over there, you bring an extra Korban. So, it's kind of interesting to think of the of the person getting called up being a Corbin, <laughs> but uh, but since you bring a Corbin, you 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 call up an extra person, Arba. So therefore, you add Avu Hacha. But on a fast day, the Lecha Corbin Musaf. There's no there's no Musaf offering. So lo, so maybe you don't add an, an additional Aliyah. Odil Mahachanami Ika But yeah, but there's special Tfilas that we add on a fast day. So. Is it enough that you add a tefillah, so then you should add another, another aliyah, or not? That's going to be the question. Tashma. So come in here. So let's look at the mission. Rosh Kodesh, Shemoyed, Karen, Arba. We said Rosh Kodesh, Shemoyed, you read four. I didn't say Betayna Sibur. Ha Betayna Sibur Gimel. So the inference must be that on a regular Tainus, you just do three. Emeresha. But then let's try, let's, if we're in inference mode, if we're making diukim, Look over there. On Monday and Thursday, and on Shabbos Mincha, you read three. Those are the only times you read three. Ha must be you read four. Must be the, you know we inference you back. <laughs> they, you were, they can't bring an, uh, an inference from the Mishnah. Toshma. The Rav Rav happened to show up in Bavel in the middle of a fast day, and he got an aliyah. Come Kara and he got called up there. And Pasuk Babarach, he made the bracha beforehand, Chasim and Volobarach. But when he finished, they didn't make a bracha. So that's the first thing. He did the bracha before and not the bracha after the Torah reading. And everybody was talking what was going on over there. So, and then the next part, Nafakuli Alma Anpayo, everybody fell on their face for Tachnan, for Rav, Lo Napo and Apo, and Rav didn't do that. So that. We're going to have to solve this puzzle. What was Rav up to? But that, that's what they did. When you had a great person come, everybody was watching him to see what he would do. So, Mikti, let's see. Rav Yisrael cards. So, the assumption is, which Aliyah did he get of the three? He probably got the Yisrael. So, my time of chasam below birach. If you're getting the final Aliyah, why don't you uh, make the final? So, let's just pause for a second. In the, uh, in the original form, you make a bracha before all of the Torah reading. And you make a bracha after all of the Torah reading. Which means that if you have three people getting aliyahs, only the first one makes the bracha before, and only the last one makes the final bracha. And later on, because of people coming and going, we instituted that each aliyah does the before and after, the way we do it today. But originally, they didn't do it that way. They did this the first and the last. So if Rav only made the beginning, um, so why wouldn't Rav have made the end? So my timer chasam v'lo Why would he have even made the beginning? So that uh, so uh, right. So we'll have to see. Maybe he was afraid that people 
came late and didn't know that they made the bracha in the beginning or whatever, that, that we'll have to deal with. But why didn't he make in the end? So Moore's going to ask that. So, la mishum la You know what? Maybe there was an Adlaliyah. Uh, maybe there was four, since it was a, it was a Tainus. And so, on the Tainus, there was another person being called. So that's the reason he didn't make a bracha afterwards, because there must have been another Aliyah, and he wasn't the last. So, in that, so we've proved the slam dunk. So again, from this anecdote, that Rav got an Aliyah on a Tainus and didn't make the final bracha, it must be that in a Tainus and Bubble, they did four Aliyahs. Moore doesn't like this proof. Well, <laughs> why? Rav, you know what? Rav got the Kohen Aliyah. And now we get a shocker that uh, not, sometimes they gave the Kohen Aliyah away to, the, uh, the, to a great Rav. The famous Rav Huna used to get the Kohen Aliyah. So Bishlam Rav Huna Koi Kohen. No, he wasn't. So I understand why Rav Huna got it. They had very chash of a Kohanim then, Rav Ami and Rav and these were the, the Kahani, the Chashivi. <laughs> that was their title. They were the Chashiva Kohanim in Eretz Israel. But But they were second to him. They were second fiddle to him. They owed him. He was the Rav. So we understand why he would be first. There would be no fighting. He was the head, head honcho. So therefore, they, therefore, in Eretz Israel, the fact that Rav Huna got to Kohen Aliyah, he was clearly above everybody else. El Rav. But it, why would you give Rav the Kohen Aliyah Ha'ika Shmuel? You had Shmuel, the Kohani Havi. Now maybe uh, Rav was, um, uh, maybe um, uh, maybe Shmuel wasn't so chashiv. Uh The Dibur, Allah Shmuel. Shmuel was considered chashiv. This word Dibur, let's see Rashi, it's about eight lines up. Shmuel was even more chashiv than Rav. Uh, Rav lo ayla kameh, he would always let him go in first. So therefore, um, how would he take the Kohen Aliyah away from Shmuel? So that's going to be the question. Again, so if you're the greatest person in the place, so then you could even get the Kohen Aliyah. But Rav had Shmuel there, so how could he take away Shmuel's Kohen Aliyah? And Rav used to honor Shmuel. So the more answer, Shmuel nami make a Really, Shmuel was also second fiddle to Rav. And therefore, Rav got the Kohen Aliyah, no complaints. I, why did Rav show Shmuel extra honor if, if Shmuel was second fiddle to him? For Rav, how the Avid like Kavut. Rav went, did, he, he wanted to show him respect. He didn't have to. He went out of his way to show him respect, but technically, he was of a higher station. And when did he do it? But if he wasn't there, lo he didn't do it, and therefore he took the Kohen Aliyah. And so really, Rav got the Kohen Aliyah. How can I misdabit a Rabbi Kohen? It's logical. This is your question. If he was reading the Yisrael Aliyah, uh, so my time, uh, why would he make the bracha beforehand? So clearly, he was getting the first Aliyah. So that's, that explains everything. So he made so, the bracha beforehand. At, at least the question would have been asked. Right. That, you know, why is he doing that? Right, right. right. We had it's to solve it. say you're not going to... And then to the last. Right. But what, wouldn't the also question... Why is he doing the first? Why is he doing the first? Right, right. We had to get there, right. So, so it's therefore, it's, it's not far-fetched to say he did the Kohen Aliyah. Maybe that's how he did it. So again, today we're correct that uh, even, uh, even Ramosha Feinstein or the Hasidic Rebbe's, they don't, they don't take the Kohen Aliyah, but they don't... Uh, we learn to, like, keep it low plug. You have less fighting that way if you don't, you know... Although in, in, in Persian, mm-hmm. in Sephardi Minyanim, 
um, they don't pay any attention to Cohen Levy. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. I got I got um, uh, Cohen Levy. Wow. I didn't know that. Okay. They're, they're, they're all over the place. I see. Uh -huh. Okay. I see. Okay. Yeah, you get no respect over there. I, I oh, that's what it is. Yeah, I see. Okay. At any rate, so um, that's what we want to say. Um, so Morris says, though, this proof that the, the question was, why did he make the bracha beforehand, um, must be that he got the Kohen um, Leah. The Gemara doesn't accept. Why? La'akar takana. Maybe it was after the takana where they always make the bracha beforehand. So then the Gemara said, if it was after the takana, la'akra nami levarach. The takana was to make before each and every aliyah. So Gemara said, shani hechadi yasir rav. It was different when rav was sitting there. The rav male aisle, people would come in late. Mepik lo napik. Nobody would dare leave when rav was there. I had a Rebbe like that, you know, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't leave his class, like, you know, he would, uh, you just wouldn't do that. So when Rob was there, people never, never left early. So Tashma, this is the rule. So again, we're back to our question about a tainus, do you have four aliyahs or not? So, uh, anytime where people are not working, so, there, I'm sorry, anytime people are working, and if, you, if it takes too long to have davening, people are going to miss work. So we keep the aliyahs short to three. So in other words, when there's bito malacha la'am, that the people are going to miss out on work because davening's taking too long, so we only have three aliyahs. And if anyways the people are not going to be uh, missed any work, because they're not working, so, Koridala, then we've got plenty of time, you give him the extra liyah. So, Shmamina, you see from here um, uh, that uh, on a Taina Sibur, where uh, you're allowed to do work, uh, so uh, they, um, you would not have an extra liyah because that's going to take away from the workday. So, Tosis has a question here. It sounds like from our Gemara that uh, they didn't work on Rosh Chodesh. So let's see the top. Tosa Shane Bobitan Lakigon Rosh Kodesh Korn Arba. The Kashta Perakin Doshima Khagiga Mrina Rosh Kodesh Uchiyah Shieshbo Korvin Musaf Mutter Basias Malacha. You're allowed to go to work on Rosh Kodesh. So what's the Gemara implying that you don't work? Yeshloma it's implying that um, yeah. by saying that you get four on the mm -hmm. just the fact that you don't delay the the tzibor mm -hmm. for the for working, the implication is that everything else that you're doing that delays mm -hmm. the tzibor, um is is because you're not working. Mm -hmm. It's not which is not the case. Right. So the question though was, uh, were they working on Rosh Chodesh? And the more it seemed to imply that the reason you can throw that extra li in because they're not working anyways. So Yeshlamar Devade Mutubasis Malachalana. Tosa says Agamar is not telling you that um, uh, you are don't have to work on Rosh Chodesh. You're for sure allowed to work on Rosh Chodesh. But Avonoshin, the women, they have a mini not to work on Rosh Chodesh. Lafishalo Pirkun is Mayim Bamaisa Egel, because they didn't take off their earrings for the golden calf. Mm. That was the famous uh, so they have the they they to this day many women have the meaning not to work on Rosh Chodesh. Okay, but in those days, 
they didn't, they didn't, they, they weren't working. Well, they, they would resent you saying they weren't working. They were working <laughs> no, no, harder no, no, than no, we did. Yeah. They had to do I'm the laundry about... and they had to, right, they didn't have to go to work. Okay. They had to go to work. They had to go to work in the house, milk the cows. Okay. Correct, yeah, that is, that's correct. Yeah. We didn't learn like this. We said if it has a, a musaf, and it's not a yantav, then you read four. What are we coming to include? When we say the Mishnah set a general rule. So this is a famous uh, thing when you learn a Mishnah, if the Mishnah says a rule. So it usually had something in mind that the, you have to read the Mishnah's mind. When the Mishnah says, Zehakal, this is the general rule, so we all have to say, hmm, what's the Mishnah thinking? So guess what? It must be thinking, it must be including those days uh, that you read for. And so this would prove that those are the, the, the general rule the Mishnah maybe is coming to add that for a tinus you have four leaves. Money and who's our mission? Lo tara kamal or It doesn't fit either. Tanya chalios v'shein v'chamishi. What do you do if Tisha B'av is Monday or Thursday? Korn gimel mafter echad. You have three aliyahs and and one haftorah. V'shlishi ravi. What do you do if Tisha B'av is Tuesday, Wednesday? Korn echad. You get one aliyah umafter echad. Rav Yosi says Owen kor gimel ma. You always have to. You don't do one. You always call three and you have one mafter. El akasha zehaklal. But didn't we say the mission was coming to add that a fast day you call it uh, an extra person? Four, not three. Tisha B'av is a fast day. So Morris said, lo, uh, lo lasui rosh chodesh Maybe the Mishnah had in mind to say four, it wanted to include rosh chodesh and cholamoy. The Morris said, that can't be what it was coming to include. Habahedik tanilei. The Mishnah actually said it straight out. Rosh chodesh karnarba. So the Morris says, really, the, more, the Mishnah was just trying to give us a simna. Trying to give us an easy way to remember. Simna ba'al. Three, four, five, six. The, the Mishnah reads very nicely how to remember how the, the number of aliyahs you get. You shouldn't think yantav and cholomoid, even though cholomoid is a yantav. It's not exactly a yantav because uh, you work. This is the rule of the Mishnah. This is the simon. Anything that's got something else that its fellow yantav, its buddy yantav, doesn't have, tafale gavri yaseira. You call up one extra person. Hilchak, therefore. You'll see it's very glad. On, so you've got Monday, Thursday, and Shabbos afternoon. You always call three. And then you've got rosh chodesh cholamoid to ikah korban mosaf. You've got something else going on. Korba arba. You call four. Be yantav, the aster, which in addition to what rosh chodesh has, you're not allowed to work. You call five. On Yom Kippur, the owner's covers you get cut off, you call six. Shabbos, the Ika Isriskili, you get stoned, then you call seven. Gufa, now we got a story. Ravik, Lebov, Latina Seber, Kamkar, Besifra. He got the Aliyah and he read the Haftorah, Pasach. Uh, and when he got to his Aliyah, he made the Brach before, Chasam Lo Baruch, but he didn't make that. So that we explained. But Nafo, Kulialma Ampe, Everybody fell on their face. Rav lo napol ape. Rav didn't say tachnin. My timer. Rav lo napol ape. Why didn't he fall down? Why didn't he bow? The answer is ritzbeshalavanim haisa. There was a stone floor. Our our minig, by the way, is when we fall on Rosh Yom Kippur, we use like a, a napkin or something under our our um, even when we have carpet for that reason because. Of, but really, it's only a problem if you had a stone floor. Uh, 
you shouldn't uh, bow on a stone floor. You can't do it in your land. The one place where you're allowed to bow on the stone floor. I was thinking that'd be painful, like on your knees on a stone floor, but... Uh, but I guess uh, there must be a technique. Alavan show base in English, but in the base in English you could. The only thing would be uh, like the like the base in English, but you could. So then the Morris says, uh, but if that's the issue of of the stone floor, my area rava filakulanami. Um. So then nobody should be bowing on the stone floor if it's really us, sir. So how is it that Rav came? He's the first person to know that you don't bow? So the answer is, Kameda Ravhu. The, the stone was in front of Rav. And everybody else had carpet or everybody else had dirt. In front of Rav was the stone. So he was the only one who had, in other words, in the front of the shul where the rabbi was, that's where you had the stone. So he couldn't do it. All, all he has to do is walk to the side of the shore where there's dirt or whatever. Do it over there. That would have taken a few seconds and everybody's waiting. And um, it's, it's, you really sense from the Gemara, by the way, that you, uh, people that run davening should always work on not making delays. You know, not have Over here, they didn't want to wait for the rabbi to walk from the stone part of the shul to the regular part for tachim. Or maybe something else was going on. Rob didn't just do a bowing. He did the hands and feet thing. And the hands and feet thing, uh, that you can't do on the stone floor. I have a leap Well, let him just do the face thing. And just skip the feet and, and, and face thing. Either he, that was his minig to do Tachman that way. Boy, you'd have a lot of people looking at you if you do the feet and face, feet and face thing over here, right? Or, or it could be that uh, like important people didn't do the feet and face thing. An important person only falls on his face unless he knows for sure that he'll be answered. It's, you know, if you go to the extreme of falling on your face and beseeching Hashem and nothing happens... So people might say, well, the rabbi did it and nothing happened. So therefore, we don't typically... So what are the various methods of tachlan, uh, of beseeching Hashem? So we have something called kida. That's on your face. And then you have kriya, that's on the knees. Then you have something called the full-fledged hishtakavoya, that's pishia daimreglaim, that's the feet and hand, uh, the, the hands and feet thing. Shinamar, hava nava niva mechava, achar lishtas la'artz will bow you. Now Levi once wanted to show people the technique of the kida bow on the face. I mean, what it looked like. And he did it in front of Rav, the itla. And, whoops, something tore. And uh, after that, he always uh, was lame. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see how it, yeah. yeah. Is that what happened? He said that a person should never talk chutzpedik to Hashem. There was a great person that was disrespectful in their former prayer to Hashem, the Itla, and they became lame. And who was that? That was Levi. So you see, he didn't become lame because he was doing acrobatics and doing the kida. He became lame because he was disrespectful. So Gamar said, Havahagarmlu, both of them caused that problem. Okay. We 